Welcome back to Between the Levees. I'm joined today by Mr. Jake Carter. He is in HR and recruiting for ACBL. He's been there for a couple of years. Uh, first things first, Jake, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, listened to probably four or five episodes at this point and really gotten into it. So excited to be here. Thank you. Now, had you heard about the show before? Uh, I think you said a couple of guys you worked with came to you and said this might be a good thing for you to, to try. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I can't remember. I follow quite a few of the, the Mississippi towboat face groups, uh, all kinds of Facebook groups as far as towboating. And I can't remember if I came across it on Facebook or, or where it was, but from episode one, I, I've kind of been following along. And then once we got into some ACBL guys, of course, I had to give it a listen. So um, I guess the last one I listened to was uh, uh, Travis, Captain Travis Valence today okay. uh, on the way home. What did you think about that one? Uh, I liked it a lot. Uh, not to say that I, I didn't, you know, like it any more than the others, but I think in terms of, um, of recruiting and everything like that, uh, Travis really spoke to and has a, a good idea of really what's going on. So uh, outstanding. And his journey is unbelievable as well. So you don't typically see a guy go from poor captain back to the Back to the wheelhouse, but that's that's really cool, and uh, he's an, a fantastic leader that ACBL is lucky to have. Well, great, man. All right, so first things first, tell me, uh, of course, I, I know you went to college for what you're doing now. Uh, what spurred your interest in that initially? Um, recruiting as a whole, um, I guess it, it did really start in, in college, uh, in undergrad. So uh, I was at a small college for undergrad. Um, it was either, you know, go home every day or uh, stay on campus, get involved, uh, get into organizations. And, you know, of course, it's a lot more fun that way. So I was involved in a handful of organizations. I was in a fraternity um, and I became just really good at recruiting. I ended up being the recruiting chair for several different organizations throughout undergrad. And, you know, not only did I feel I was pretty good at it, I was able to, to get guys and gals in the door and uh, really, you know, help people find an organization they love. But I enjoy doing it. Um, it I'm an extrovert. I, I love talking to people, um, love getting to know people and, and meeting new people. So that's where it all started, I would say, undergrad. And uh, eventually I just I, I kept finding my way into recruiting jobs, uh, whether, quite frankly, whether I wanted to or not. So uh, it's something I love doing. It's something uh, I'm still very passionate about, of course, to this day. Well, tell me about your introduction to ACBL and this industry. And uh, maybe, I don't know, if, if you were captivated by any certain areas immediately, kind of like I was. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that's where the story uh, kind of gets crazy. Uh, I never imagined um, uh, going through undergrad or even uh, during my master's degree, going into uh, recruiting full time. I, I imagine going into maybe organizational development or a lot of my master's degree is in survey research and stuff like that, which I still use a little bit to this day. But um, as I was going in, um, I had a, a recruiting job up in Cincinnati where I was getting my master's degree. Um, it was cool. Um, I was coming up on graduation. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to stay up there and I try to make a career out of that. Uh, very different landscape than I'm recruiting in right now. I was 
actually working for a, a, a clinical research organization and recruiting pharmacists and uh, doctors. They were developing the COVID vaccine. All kinds of crazy stuff was going on uh, during this time. But I guess it was probably July of 2021. I decided that I was going to move back here. I'm originally from uh, southern Indiana, Georgetown area, uh, probably 20 miles west of Jeffersonville, where ACBL is headquartered. And I, I truly had no clue what I was going to do. Um, I was going to move back here regardless if I had a job back here or not and uh, try to pick up from there and find something back here at home. And luckily enough, um, one of those said fraternity brothers that I had in uh, during undergrad, he worked for ACBL. And I had never heard of ACBL. I'd never heard of American Commercial Barge Line. Didn't know that there was a barge company in Jeffersonville. I knew of Jeff Boat. Um, which I, I believe most ACBL folks do. Um, I had quite a few folks in my family that works for Jeff Boat. So I knew that existed, had no clue the parent company was right back on the hill that, that owned Jeff Boat and all that. But uh, my buddy said, you know, why don't you, I don't know if there is an HR position open, but I can point you in the right direction, tell you who to send everything to. And um, it was probably a month long waiting period, uh, waiting to figure out if there was going to be a position open and everything like that. And eventually uh, sat down, had, had a couple interviews and found out that uh, they wanted me to come on at ACBL. And I was happy to do so, happy to, to, to land a job back home. I found it very interesting. Um, growing up close to the Ohio River, I had always seen barges and boats. I had family members that built the barges and boats at Jeff Boat, but uh, never really put two and two together. So moved back, um, started at ACBL and originally started on the corporate side. Um, I was hiring folks for headquarters, different positions um, throughout headquarters, anything from intern to uh, I hired a few folks at the director level as well. And um, that, that's where it all started as far as ACBL was kind of on the corporate side. And are you focused now more on or all on the marine side? Yeah, so um, probably October of 21, um, the guy who was the recruiter for uh, the, the vessel side, uh, he ended up accepting a position elsewhere. And um, he instilled quite a bit of knowledge into me uh, while I was there, really helped me learn a lot, even though I wasn't on the vessel side took the time to, to walk me through a lot of the hiring process uh, for the vessel side, tell me about how recruiting was, did a great job of, of setting things up for me and laying a solid foundation before I, I fully moved over there. And when he left in October of 21, um, we were, you could say it was the middle of COVID, we were kind of coming out of COVID at that point, but uh, in terms of recruiting numbers, we were, uh, pretty far in the hole. We were missing a, a few positions there, missing a few uh, folks to be in those positions. So um, that's when I started. I, I do deckhand recruiting and hiring only. Uh, I'm not too involved in tankermen or engineers or captains, pilots, anything like that. Uh, mostly entry-level deckhand hiring and uh, I help mostly with mainline as well. Um, I move some of the fleet candidates around and point them to the right recruiter, uh, make sure to, to help them find the way to the right place. But 
Uh, yeah, October 21, we were looking for quite a few deckhands and uh, started digging out of that hole at that point. What are the biggest issues you've seen over the last couple of years in, uh, in recruiting and in getting people in the door and keeping them in the door? And if you can, uh, I guess, share with me some initiatives maybe that have been put into play to improve those numbers. Yeah, absolutely. So it was crazy. I'll, I'll speak in terms of, I guess, ACBL at first and then in, as, in terms of the industry as a whole, because I, I think they are a little different. The first thing is um, I heard uh, Captain James Edwards and um, uh, I believe it was um, oh, the, the assistant engineer that was on here as well mentioned that uh, the, there was a recruiting problem. And I would say industry-wide and ACBL especially, it's not necessarily a recruiting problem. Um, we get a, a lot of applications, I'll put it that way, especially uh, for the deckhand position, I would say that's, that's probably our most applied to job that we have. So I get more applications than I know what to deal with. Um, I think really today in terms of ACBL and the industry as a whole, it is 100% uh, a retention problem. And I've heard everything, you know, I, I agree with uh, uh, Captain Travis Valence that maybe it is the nature of the game. It is just this industry. Turnover has always been crazy. Um, and at the same time, you know, we are working on some initiatives to try to retain our top talent, try to keep those guys that have been out there for a while and, and figure out how to replicate that in the recruiting field. I'll say when I initially took over uh, deckhand recruiting and hiring in 2021, um, we were pretty far in the hole. We were really uh, looking to, to fill positions fast. And I think that's what, you know, I'm, I'm speaking for a lot of different uh, companies when I say that um, pretty much everybody was in the hole at that point and looking to bounce back out of uh, COVID and uh, start recruiting and filling those positions again. Um, after a couple months of, of just really trying to get people in the door, I started to kind of focus on making sure guys knew exactly what they were getting themselves into. And I believe uh, Captain Valence um, mentioned this as well, that you know, is it, do you play this game of, of trying to peep, uh, tell people, hey, this is exactly what it's like out there. It might be scary. It might not, and, and possibly scare them off. Or do you make it sound like it's the greatest thing in the world and you can work your way up to, you know, the wheelhouse and everything like that. So at that point in time, it was probably March or April of 22. And um, I started to put together uh, a virtual info session. So kind of like this, not on Zoom, but Microsoft Teams. Um, I would invite all of our candidates or, or however many had applied in a week's worth of time to attend a virtual info session where I talked to them about every aspect of the deckhand job. Everything from here's what's required to this is exactly what life like is, like, is going to be like out on the boats to Here's how you can progress up the company. Here's exactly how much you're going to be earning while you're out there. Here's what you could be making. Benefits, retirement, everything. Um, all the way to ending that, that presentation with uh, an RS1 preview or training, uh, entry-level deckhand training preview. So that's one big thing that I put in place. Um, I wanted to make sure guys knew exactly what they were getting themselves into. And at the same time, you know, feel comfortable, um, gain some trust with the candidate to say, 
hey, I'm, I'm giving you everything up front. This is your decision to make. Um, and my biggest thing was being honest. So I, I did include, you know, this isn't the more, most glorious job when you start out out there uh, as an entry-level deckhand. But the greatest part about this industry and something that is truly industry-wide is that you can come in with no GED high school diploma, not much, no training. You don't have to have any experience to start as an entry-level deckhand at ACBL. And truly, if you put in the effort, determination, motivation into this job, you can take yourself wherever you want to. And that's how every leader out there is. Um, everybody started out on the deck and, and worked their way to where they want to be. So um, the info session helped a lot. Uh, I don't know if it necessarily helped in terms of, of retention at all, but in terms of, I guess, um, uh, weeding folks out, figuring out who really wanted to be in or not, um, was determined between them going to that info session and then following an interview. So as long as they showed up to the info session, uh, they were getting an, in, an interview with us. Um, from there, they go through the, the pre-employment process. We've done quite a bit with that as well to, to get it down to as quickly as possible to get them into class. I think that was a huge issue as well. Um, I don't know, for the most part, when I've been doing this, it, it's taken anywhere from maybe less than a week to two weeks for a guy to uh, go through the info session, get an interview, and then uh, clear the physical and drug screen, get a twig, and go down to training. Um, but I always hear that was a huge issue, was uh, guys having to wait so long to, to get into training and everything like that. So really honing that process down, getting that as quick as possible, making sure guys were informed. Uh, we were being honest, telling everybody everything up front. Uh, that was the main goal at first. And that's carried on as far as our natural application. So people who are applying through the company website or uh, through Indeed. Um, I guess in terms of things interesting that we're, we're trying to do now and branch off into, there are plenty of other companies that, that do what I'm about to say, but we have uh, implemented somewhat of a road show where we're going to various locations throughout um, the Midwest, South, and uh, not really the Northeast, but the Eastern um, side of the United States and, and covering different cities, having hiring events at these cities. So nothing really uh, new or extremely innovative there, but it's just a good way to get out and branch into places where you might not necessarily get uh, natural applications from, where you know there are hardworking people who do want a great job and are willing to go out there and, and want to move up and everything like that. So that's kind of been the new, the new big thing we've gotten into, but you know, again, nothing really crazy there. Has there been any, any notable change, I guess, in the quality of candidate that comes through to the RS1 course? Yeah, um, that's the thing too. Uh, RS1, a lot of folks get, uh, get into the, the mindset that, they, that RS1, by the time a candidate gets to RS1, they should be good to go. They should determine whether or not before they even step into that building or the facility down in Convent, they should determine, hey, I am good to go for this job. I'm going to at least give it, you know, three hitches. That's, that's the standard that we always say, give it three hitches to figure out whether this is truly for you. 
But RS1 is a place where a person can figure out whether or not this is truly for them. Um, Captain Valence touched on this a little bit as well. Um, you're really not going to know truly what a candidate is going to be like until they get out there on the river, even on the pad. Um, the pad is on land. It's a, you know, it's a sawed off barge top on land. And even on the pad, toting rigging and everything like that, um, they might still be trying to give it a go. And it, it takes truly getting out there on the water. Um, so in terms of, I don't know, weeding folks out through RS1 and everything like that, um, it, it has been a better quality candidate that has, has gotten all the way to RS1. Um, but in terms of between there, um, we are getting a, a lot of good applications uh, as far as uh, natural applications and, and the recruiting roadshow. Um, we get a lot of quality folks in and a lot of experienced guys looking to, to move over, which is always great. Um, and I think we have a really solid system in place now to make sure we're getting the best fit and the candidate is getting the best fit in terms of a company. So for instance, any experienced guy uh, that applies to ACBL, I am not, I mean, you could say I'm qualified a, a recruiter. The best thing they can do is, is go do the job or um, talk to folks involved in the job. I've done all that, but still, I think it is better that someone who has been out on the deck interview a guy who is who has experience. So any experienced guy that we have, I'm typically either setting up an interview with my HR rep down in Cairo, who is a former mate uh, off the boat, and or I'm setting it up with a port captain who, of course, you know, has, has plenty of years of experience. So we're truly getting a feel of exactly what our folks out on the boat, what our team members out on the boat uh, want in terms of an experienced guy moving over. On the other side, uh, inexperienced folks, we're, like I said, we're getting really good applications that come through and we're getting so many applications. Um, I would say majority of the folks that apply are coming from oil field type jobs, maybe offshore jobs, um, welders, uh, other barge companies all the time, even guys that only worked a, a few hitches and stuff like, uh, like that as well. So it's a better candidate, definitely. Um, and there, there's more to go through as well. But um, yeah, I, I think it, all in all, it, it's really starting to look up. I think COVID brought quite a few people down and, and got people really negatively thinking about recruiting and everything like that. But uh, it's starting to come out of it at this point, I would say. Do you have any idea on sort of retention specifics? I mean, do you have guys coming in that don't make it three hitches with you? Um, have you seen an improvement in the numbers of people that go through RS1, survive their three hitches, and are still working for the company? Yes. Uh, so in terms of overall retention, um, I, I don't know the exact numbers, and I, I don't have those in front of me, but we have seen retention increase overall, especially going from entry level to, you know, moving up to deckhand two, deckhand one, moving up the ranks uh, with ACBO. So we are seeing guys, uh, especially now coming in, staying longer, um, and, and that's been really great. But um, I, I think what's still there is keeping the guys who have been here for 15 years, for 20 years, 
Um, and honestly, a lot of the times I see these guys leave, they're not leaving to, to go to another company. They are leaving because they found something closer to home that is on land. Um, you know, you got to think about this too. When, a, when a, a young guy starts out, maybe he doesn't necessarily have a family or anything like that. And as he goes on in his career and he's earning more money and stuff like that, he's able to, to finally settle down. And I believe that definitely changes things. So that's a big issue as well, but you know, that's life. That is uh, the natural life cycle. So. Well, what's been one of the most surprising things you've seen uh, in this industry now? Uh, it's, I say nothing surprised me anymore. Um, I, I see something crazy every single day. Uh, I couldn't believe it. My company, uh, ACBO gave me the opportunity to, to go through deckhand training um, it was something I was really passionate about when I took this over and we're a small but mighty team. So when I have the few chances to get out in the field and get on boats and go through deckhand training, uh, it's something I, I really love to do. I want to be as close to the job as possible, even if that means going to the training and doing the job. That's that's the best part, because then I can sit here and say, hey, I know exactly what you're going to be doing out there on the boat. I know exactly what you're going to be going through. It's going to be hot, really hot some days. It's going to be freezing cold some days. You're going to be, the, the ratchet's going to be digging into your shoulder, the wire's digging into your shoulder. So um, that's probably one of the coolest things. Um, just getting on boats whenever I get the opportunity to, um, knowing you know, so many other companies out there exist and everything like that. I, too much to soak in in just two years. It, it feels like I've been there for five, but it's, it's, I'm only coming up on two. It, it'll be, I guess, Thursday celebrating two years with ACBL. So um, in terms of recruiting, nothing really crazy. Um, I, I don't know. You talk to a lot of folks out there. They're always, you know, especially guys from other companies, it's guys jumping over for a dollar more over here, two dollars more over here. So that's just something I don't think is ever going to change. That's a crazy part of the industry. But, you know, I get it. I, I totally understand as a recruiter as well. But that's that's just part of it. Yeah, I've spent uh, eight years in, in the industry now and it's all been shoreside. But I can tell you for sure, I definitely learned more out there on the water on those boats with those guys. Um Glad to hear that. Uh, do you have anything else to share about your company, the industry, the show, anything else to say this evening? No, um, uh, I feel like everybody always says no, and then they think of an idea, but um, it's been great. I, I've really appreciated this. I think, you know, like I said, when I originally introduced myself to you, I think this is not only a, a great way to hear from other folks uh, in the industry at, at other companies and everything like that. And and gather information from that, but also it is a, a great educational tool and it's very innovative in terms of, you know, podcasts are becoming a huge thing if, if they aren't already. Um, so branching into this, um, I guess, new age compared to most other uh, modes of communication is awesome and uh, very thankful you're doing this um, and it's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you, Jake. That'll do it. Thanks, Tim. All right, we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. You too. This has been a production of Where You At Studios, LLC.